Welcome to the Vulgar Auteurs, where we explore the filmographies of genre filmmakers. We're in the midst of our series on the films of Roland Emmerich, and this week we are talking about 2009's 2012. I'm Paco. Yeah, I'm Evan. Terry. I'm Jason. So I know... films? (laughs) (laughs) I know some of you guys actually enjoyed this movie quite a bit, and I have to ask... Oh, that's condescending. Okay. Why? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead, please. What, what appealed to you? I, I'm curious what, what you enjoyed. <laughs> okay, uh, if, if I may start with this one, uh, let me speak for everybody. May I count the reasons? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me count the waves, baby. <laughs> one one thousand. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I was having to mull this over uh, last night about this and I was watching some, you know, behind the scenes um, stuff. And I think what appeals to me most is that if I'm watching a disaster movie, I, I need scale and I mm-hmm. need more than just disaster. I don't care how crappy like maybe the side stories are and whatnot. But it's one thing I love to give Roland Emmerich credit for is that, I mean, uh, this quote kind of makes a lot of sense. Um, he mentioned in uh, behind the scenes that like since Independence Day, he took note that in a disaster movie format, you have two things. You have very big images and you have very small stories. And to him, he was saying, like, that's a great combination. And he's always fascinated by that. And that's something that I like to give Roland Emmerich credit for is him telling an overarching, enormous sort of event, you know, telling uh, telling a story about that. But it's all the individual pieces that the uh, the event affects in the meantime, that it's obvious that he's very interested in that and he enjoys doing that. And also, I think it helps that. For some reason, I guess he's really fun and easy to work with because he always gets fucking good names, like great actors and shit like that, who are able to execute his story. And it doesn't mean the movie's going to be like elevated that much or that much better, but they at least give you, I don't know, they just they they make it worthwhile and it makes it more fun to watch. Like, again, it's 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 about scale for Emmerich and he does a good job of really really upping that scale and particularly in 2012 this is mm-hmm. also probably i think you mentioned paco in the group chat that like it's probably his best visual effects like for a disaster movie like he keeps stepping up the game because that's what he likes to do he likes to push that envelope and try to make things try to find the right team especially for like the water effects he found this other team in germany that like you can see a huge difference between the water effects from day after tomorrow to this where they're even like breaking True. down, describing how water works and like the different like, um, you know, the the different forms of water and how they had to incorporate that into the CGI because it's really hard to do otherwise. And it takes for fucking ever. So like well, and he's, some he of keeps the CGI stepping still up. holds up too. yeah, like I was surprised by how much it did. Well, like some of the stuff in the second half is. I just realized uh, that I did the does it thing that you guys were making fun of me for. That's yeah, why I started that's why I was chuckling. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. Um. It's, I think it's a staple. It needs to. It needs to always happen, Paco. <laughs> Somebody yeah. needs to be that. Does it? It's Is like it I first? always. I always have to have a defensive response in the ch- loaded in the chamber first before I agree to say anything. That's how my brain works. 
but like it does get kind of silly um at moments but like i was surprised by how much especially like the first half of the movie where i mean there are i mean the movie's long as hell but um, there's two distinct kind of like parts of it where it's like the setup and the destruction of the earth or whatever all the things going on all of the trademark Roland Emmerich shit I mean you know happens and then the second half of the movie is like this sci-fi wild uh kind of extravagant uh you know spectacle um but I kind of I love that we hit all the trademarks within like 15 minutes where you're introduced to the guy it's raining um you you know oh where are they going to i wonder if it's a lab where they've discovered something okay cool they've discovered something this is like emmerich oh okay (laughs) there's now this father-son dynamic and something that's you know going on and you're introducing another scientist who's part of you know who has to talk to a politician who doesn't believe him that's like you know again the roland emmerich thing and then we get into the ancient alien stargatey stuff because you know that woody harrelson's character would have been a huge Stargate fan. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, like, so let's, just, let's like, be real. All like, of those Woody's marks. character is definitely like Art Bell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I feel like every single one of these damn movies has some weird conspiracy theorist guys. Like, yes. Emmerich's yeah. obsessed with them. He but loves it. Woody but, like, is, need part. Like Evan was saying, Woody was is so good at mm. being a weirdo that I'm okay with it. Oh yeah, yeah, it fits. I wish it the just, movie was just <laughs> was from Woody's <laughs> perspective. <laughs> it would have been more interesting, but okay. Yeah, from being I, I not to like rain on everybody's parade, but I I do think this is probably like his best disaster movie in terms of like just showing the scale, like you talked about, Evan. Mm-hmm. But it's what comes with that is something that like really kind of unnerved me is that there's this uh really kind of almost fetishized like uh preoccupation with like just to- like death and destruction dude this yeah he is, just lets people yeah. die left this and right. is disaster porn incarnate like it is yeah. mm-hmm. it, it, and it, it does it feels perverse where like we're seeing these a few characters who we're supposed to kind of care about. We we don't because it's an Emmerich movie. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but in the midst of that, around them is like scenes of just like horror, like absolute, like just just like terrible violence. People just falling into pits and bursting yeah, into dude. flames. Like it's yeah. well, like they're flying through you know this area where buildings are toppling down, and we're in this adventure movie, and you're like, oh, these okay, are like no, but you see, yeah, this is when they fly through the buildings. There's literally people hanging on the side yeah. of the building and oh, falling yeah, down. Like crazy. It yeah. was crazy to do that, like just a few years after 9 11. Like no, that's what I'm saying. It, it's yeah. it feels perverse. There's like this weird preoccupation that like it, it it feels exploitative in a way where like even the characters like their own sense of urgency doesn't echo this like monstrous horror that we're just watching unfold. And I think one of the strengths of the movie is that we see the disaster unfolding like across the entire planet, and as well mm-hmm. that that we see a bit of the aftermath. I think that's actually good. And Day After Tomorrow does a decent job with that too. But uh, like or unlike the day after tomorrow, we see the human cost of this. And so when there are these like resilient kind of stories or like the way the ending goes, like we can kind of save that. But again, it's contrast contrasted so much with this terrible horror that it tonally it feels really uh, discordant to me. 
where yeah, like it, it, it'd be like a war movie where like everyone got hosed like all the people in the in like the unit die and then at the end they're like well at least we won the war but there's like no recognition of the dead yeah i mean up to that yeah, point absolutely so you're saying you want a disaster movie where everyone's like crying and sobbing all the time that just sounds miserable like well, this I is want escapism. a movie no i want a movie that acknowledges that because i think a movie like uh, independence day there is this kind of um this this like really intense uh uh like emotional resonance with like the survivors in lots of ways mm-hmm. uh like you know uh, uh yeah. will smith's wife like trying to get to the base uh will smith like trekking through the desert like there there is a uh, like a, a sort of connection to these characters that are caught in the middle of this like huge struggle or even a day after tomorrow we see a little bit with like you know trying to save people and things like that and it's sad and we're supposed to be sad but 2012 doesn't feel like a sad movie it feels like a ridiculous spectacle mm-hmm. no yeah jason i think said it best it's like it's an adventure film. yeah like they're like i mean but I, in in regards to what you're you're talking about terry yeah it's like it's it's this movie well there there are some moments especially with like i feel like Chiwetel Ejiofor's character is like kind of the linchpin of like we should be feeling bad for everybody that's being that's a victim of our our you know our fucking blah 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 whatever like and what's happening like everything he's he's kind of the uh the character that we're that um we get to connect with and be like oh he gets it he gets it like he cares for these people but for the rest of the movie, the the main protagonists that we're following are going on an adventure. Sure, they're escaping and it's scary, but they're going to be fine. We all know they're going to be fine. And so mm-hmm, most yeah. of the movie, you're just feeling like like you're not at least for me, I wasn't as I wasn't connecting with the horror of it as much as I feel like would be more appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Watching everything be like as they're driving away in that neighborhood you're like there's still people in those houses like yeah i couldn't help but mm-hmm. think that i was like and their cars Dude, are still when in the, the driveway which means nobody when the old ladies like hit the wall uh yeah, the, like, yeah. Goes, oh. yeah that was shocking <laughs> that fucking but, but, but even like the the weird the weird like dad humor in these emmerich movies like the fact that the house is crumbling and he reverses into gordon's car <laughs> and then there's a scene where there's like a couple of comedic <laughs> beats right. like moments before they start going when it's like this dude's house is crumbling down and you're going to die in this sinkhole thing. It's just like it's so outrageous. Um, well, OK, but I mean, that's kind of what I like about this movie, though, is like it's it's bad in this specific way that I really like. Like, it's so schlocky. The fact that like you have um, those near miss um crashes or, or like a, the jet taking off the car- tarmac at just the right moment when they mm-hmm. do it like multiple times oh that's so it's so hacky though of, you have the exact there, same no, sequence over and over like come on you know what i was thinking i was thinking that like there needs to be at least one dead meat character in their like core group uh because well, like gordon L-tag? Needs... let's talk about gordon Eltag. i mean Gordon isn't dead meat until like the end of the movie, and well, but, uh, 
But we know he's gonna die because the family always has to get back together. Like it's a trope. It just like but I'm saying I either, either do I something unconventional, would... like let John Cusack die halfway through, or have like an there additional There were like ten opportunities there. for him to sacrifice himself, and every time he comes back, it's so dumb. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Or have like an additional person that's there with the family, like uh, the mom's sister, and then she fucking eats it. Uh, well, what about the? Do you what never about the, feel like anyone is going to be at risk? And the girlfriend, so there's though, no tension. Like the, old, the oligarch's girlfriend dies. Yeah, but that doesn't count. That's like those aren't real no, characters. She li- doesn't she? Live? You know? No. Yeah, I thought she lived. Yeah, she lives. No, dude, she gets she drowns. No, she gets saved. Yeah, they they she's reach on the other side with. Her. With Lily, you know yeah, she doesn't. Part though of... is the the Russian oligarch, <laughs> dude. Yeah, who <laughs> tosses his kids up? Tosses his yeah, kids dude, and then basketball CGI falls. Dude, the CGI falls. So funny. Okay, but I will say that guy. That guy kind of rules though, because like, there's this point where we're kind of supposed to connect to him, and then like, as soon as the Chinese show up, he's like, "Me and my children," and like, just rolls out, and he's like, "Oh, peace, bitches." Like, yeah, yeah, it's very funny. It's a little cold war, but like it's still kind of funny. Like I appreciate it. <laughs> it's a little cold war. Yeah. Plus, also, man, boy, talk about some awful fucking uh, Slavic accents. Oh, I was wondering, people aren't like, Russian. Sasha? Well, that Sasha that actor's well, he was he was hanging out with a Ukrainian guy at the boxing ring, so I wasn't sure if they're supposed to be Ukrainian or not. But regardless, mm-hmm. uh, the, all the accents sound terrible. The, I the, couldn't uh, tell. Lift, lift. I'm I, I, an yeah, ignorant I American. Sure. Yeah, I was I was wondering if like, you know, because there's that great scene where they're like having to get the airplane running and, you know, Gordon and Sasha are the pilots and Sasha's like, <laughs> what does he say? Like, come on, girl, lift that big ass for Sasha. But and I, I but think the, it, it dude, also it that guy more that's for me the because of the accent, accent but I wasn't sure if his accent. Yeah, was actually legit or not. I don't know what it, it again it, ignorant American I just like I hear you know movie Russian accent and that's that works for me but his is like especially bad I'm, I'm gonna feel like an asshole if I look it up and he's actually like some kind of let's see well see that's the thing the they guy who plays was Yuri Croatian, is right well that's uh, the guy who plays Yuri so he's, oh, a, gotcha. he's Estonian actually is what he says the guy who played Sasha oh interesting still like you know it's a bad same accent, general area way. Same wow. general yeah, area, but you guys, it's really Russian hard to find sense. Russian actors in Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not saying I mean, you have to do that, but I'm also saying like maybe they don't yeah. need to do awful accents. Like I just I don't like that. Just just let him talk. Like just do Kevin that's Costner. Really what is Dolph just do Lundgren Kevin Lundgren doing at this point? <laughs> like, we don't know. That's not how they actually. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. That's a fair point. <laughs> like Dolph well, Lundgren probably... at like the bottom of his career at this point. You could get Dolph for cheap, and he'd be a good Russian. But he's yeah, Swedish. But he's, yeah, but he's not Russian. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's not about? Russian? Be- no, he's, no Swedish. he's Swedish. I mean, I he's just, good at playing Ivan Drago. I I, yeah, I just think of Ivan Drago, so I assumed he was Russian. <laughs> no, he's Swedish, bro. That fucking I guess rules. Lundgren is a pretty Swedish-sounding last name. <laughs> and yeah. also, Mr. T is American, goddammit. <laughs> what? Okay. I thought he was Croatian. I'm, I'm trying to think of Russian actors now. Um... Yo you Brenner. have the guy from Eyes Wide Shut, who's the owner of the dress shop. Mm-hmm. He's great. The guy who's in uh, Mission Impossible Two in the beginning, he's like Dimitri. Uh, who's what been about in, like, a bunch of other stuff? What about the nihilist? Is the nihilist from The Big Lebowski Russian? No, I, I think know. he's also um, he's Norwegian Swedish. or Swedish. Or, yeah. yeah, I think he's like Northern European. Or 
yeah, Peter Stormare, I think Skandinavian. he's um, yeah, he's Swedish. Damn it! Okay, see, it's hard I, I to find Russians. Big, no, but I know there's big ones. We're 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 missing clearly. We just well, I mean, there's okay, look up the cast Gary for John Oldman. Wick One. <laughs> yeah, well, Michael Nyquist uh, is also not Russian, but plays yeah, one in John thing. Wick. Uh, <laughs> and neither is uh, I wanted to say Ralphie May. Sorry, Alfie Allen. He's not Russian either, but I think Joe no. Montana um, is Russian. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm so, sure. You know, uh, uh, hang on, hang on. It's Gary Oldman. Uh, is Russian? Yeah, you've seen Air Force One, right? Yeah, he's oh, a Russian. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but that doesn't mean that he's Russian in IRL. Yeah, but he's such enough. a great actor. He yeah, can be, do because the, Alan the Rickman wasn't fucking German. I'll tell you what, fucking <laughs> yeah. diehard. So and Jeremy Irons, for that matter, isn't goddamn German. Anyway, yeah, exactly. let's get. But let's talk. No, we can talk about this separately. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about Cut John Cusack because this is the first John Cusack movie we've ever covered. Uh, what do you guys think of it? Talk about. I don't like John Cusack very much. To tell you the truth. Of course I you like don't. You don't like. He's I mean, just like fun. <laughs> No, he's I just like I know enough about his person, but I like his. I've always like I grew up with with John Cusack, you know. So and I don't know. So I just Connor. have a weird soft spot for him. I, I grew I, well, up in his house. It's it's yeah, not. Th- but, uh, <laughs> I grew up funny. watching him. No, it's not that I dislike him. I'm just kind of ambivalent. Like if you were, if you told me like, hey, this movie has Dennis Quaid, I'm like, cool. And it's like this movie has John Cusack. I feel the same. It's just kind of like whatever. Okay. I get that. I think he's charming. I don't know. If I absolutely it's... think he's charming, like way more so than Dennis Quaid. But that's just me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I watched a bunch of his movies when I was young. Like, uh... I mean, I think some of his younger like roles are like like, like in say anything. Like it has a little more heart. But mm-hmm. like Gross Point Blank. In, I was like, gonna yeah, say like, Gross Point Blank's a lot of fun. In his I've later career, John John is just going out there picking roles to like make money, and uh, it's like yeah, anyone could have done a lot that. Of stinkers. I actually I really liked him in fourteen oh eight, which I think is an underrated Stephen King uh, adaptation. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And one. and really, I think he's the one who's keeping Hawaiian shirt makers and sunglasses <laughs> vendors and <Yeah>. leather jacket <laughs> leather jacket manufacturers all in business it, mm-hmm. because like it's it's so funny how he just has this like vibe of coolness it's uh, it's a little silly like jackson yeah. curtis is he like it reminded me a little bit of like fucking dom toretto like in in yeah. fast and furious <laughs> like because yeah. jackson curtis is like a famous writer but somehow he's also like an ace driver and uh he like yeah, right? he can like hold his breath forever to do like a suicide mission like every single time there's something yeah. insane <laughs> happening he's like oh yeah no problem i got this the only no, thing like, he can't do is, fly. is supposed to be really tight you know yeah yeah sure it's to be super easy and we all take a limo to the fucking yellowstone like it's so fucking dumb but again well, like know- he's also like discovering all like putting all the dots together like he he's superman in this fucking movie and he's just a writer like it's so funny he I, is I, kind I, of a superman <laughs> i like i love um I I think I grew to love John Cusack's character in the camping scenes because it starts with like his kid essentially saying like just leave me alone dad in this really shitty way except no uh, except like, he get, calls no, him Jackson away. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, get away, Jackson, or something. Go away. And he zips up his tent or whatever. And I was like, holy shit. And really, all the kids are treating John Cusack like shit in this movie. It's like right after great. that point where he's like, um, adults can have hurt feelings too. And you're like, <laughs> but, but then, like, he never kind of apologizes to Woody Harrelson's character because it's, it's strange. Like, he goes to uh, Art Bell's trailer and hangs out with him or whatever. And then he asks for like a road beer or whatever. And the guy's Man, like, Woody's like, oh, I just have one more beer left, but you could whatever. And just to like take the beer with him and not hang out. And I was like, that's such a shit shit bag move. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Jackson yeah. Curtis is an asshole. He's that's just such point. a strange character because he's also similar to Amanda Pete, who plays the mom. Like none of the characters kind of feel like characters nope they still except for chuetle um or chuetel uh like he's the only kind of fleshed out character that is kind of meaningful to me at least or at least like the sub like there's also so many subplots to keep track of that didn't really go anywhere that i think as much as like i enjoyed the movie it, it is so long that it's like, where would you even start cutting out subplots that don't really like, you to could, streamline this more? Oh, God, you could cut out so much so easily. If, if we, we could just cut out scenes of the little girl looking back and screaming, Daddy! That'd be like 10 minutes right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's like, I hate I mean, the disgusting shit boy, too. Uh, which the shit is, boy. Uh, that's a term that We Hate Movies uses for annoying little boys in movies. Oh, the and, shit boy. Uh, disgusting shit boy uh, and he's a, a really disgusting little shit boy uh, he's just does nothing but irritate me every time he's on the screen uh, I was hoping he drowned uh, in the finale <laughs> oh, but of course he Dude, didn't that was Jeez. dumb as fuck too where like every time something incredibly dangerous is happening just so Emmerich can sell they tickets to children the children mm-hmm. are like dad we want to come with you and it's like you wouldn't let them come die. like i'm sorry it's but like he ended up saving him though but oh my the God. thing is but he didn't stupid. let the kid come the, at that point the kid yeah, made the true. decision but he took his daughter with him to the eruption of yeah, the yellowstone volcano <laughs> <laughs> hey what, what's this fence all where, about? where it's well, like this, this mean, guy who yeah. is like pathologically incapable of being on, on time and he's like oh yeah we'll be right back i'm just gonna take yeah, it with me like to get blown up yeah, you right. could like that's, step that's into a, a geyser and fucking get scalded alive, but you know whatever. There's there's no reason why there's fences there. But we've already established yeah. he's a bad dad, so that just sort of goes with his character. And you're supposed to sympath. I mean, like, are you supposed to like root for him even though he is a bad dad? That's the funny part. I feel like Emmerich is just trying to be like, no, he's a bad dad, but you know he's he's uh you know he's a good dad. You know, at the heart of it. I was rooting for Gordon. Gordon's a good guy. The, the Gordon stuff, that's what made it kind of surprising was it had this kind of sweet core of like your kid is like loves their stepdad and you need to kind of accept the fact that like, OK, now you're parental team and there's like a little moment. <laughs> but where you it was can't like, you can't do that if you're going to do gordon the way that he gets done but that's what's so shocking <laughs> yeah, about yeah that. it's like what, what the fuck no and then not only that but then him and amanda pete just fucking make out on his goddamn grave no i watched that with my girlfriend and she was like yeah that makes sense i mean going through trauma and i was like 
Okay. What the fuck? So no, but I mean, it's just it's so, so uh, interesting because like Gordon, there was no like emotional scene where the kids found out, or like there wasn't like no, he, he yeah, just like comes back and, the and then she's like, "Where's asks, Gordon?" And he just shakes his head, and oh, that's it. She doesn't yes. break and down. She doesn't even care. No, like, no, she does. She, that no, she's like, fired? "We have to, like, we have to go get him. We have to like uh, wait for him." But mm. but again, for like thirty seconds, and then she's like, "Oh yeah." Uh, Jackson Jackson lays way better pipe. Like, but I'm it's going like back they didn't know <laughs> what if what if John Cusack had killed him? Like they, yeah. there was no like tension. Or there was nothing where it's just like, huh, that's suspect. So now you're making out with your wife again, and everything's hunky dory. While Gordon is just bloated in the fucking back of the. It's you know. that, that's what I mean. There's this weird tonal thing. It's also pretty yeah. wild too, where like we see as they're boarding the arcs, which like. Okay, the kid's name is Noah, and they're boarding Noah, the arcs. Like yeah. fucking shoot me, dude. <laughs> but anyway, uh, as they're boarding, she would tell Edgeofor's character like notices where he's like, "Oh, so you sold like tickets to like the richest people in the world?" And then it's like, you know, of course, uh, uh, like the evil uh, guy who like takes control, the the bad part. I think he's like the White House chief of staff, maybe. Yeah, o- it's all not over really Platt. clear Platt. what he is. Yeah, but but Mr. yeah, and and. Hi, uh, what Anheuser? Anheuser, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. But yeah, he Anheuser. basically like uh, is like, what? Well, what did you? What did you want from us? We had to like take money from the private sector. But then, like, ten minutes later, when uh like they're not gonna open the doors for everyone it's like they're like oh these people are refugees and you're like no five minutes ago they were fucking saudi like dictators like yeah are these people sympathetic yeah. or not like emmerich is yeah. so confused on how to implement those like tonal like kind of emotional things where apparently outside of like john cusack's family and uh sasha like no one else matters and i guess the dog <laughs> but <laughs> like it's so weird seeing him try to like make that work because it doesn't can we talk about the plan? Because uh, I think the plan is so fucking dumb in uh, so many ways. Uh, one, why is it a secret? If you, like, think about in World War II, when we changed everything to just manufacturing for war. Uh, if you let everybody know and, like, everybody worked together to build arcs, you could build a lot more fucking arcs. Yes, yeah, seriously. Like, it wouldn't just be one well, for one planet or but, one but country. I think this is like conspiracy theory, social commentary, though. The yeah, idea is that they were never going to do that. It's the elitists that are going to like. Yeah, they're going to be the ones I to take the spaceship to Mars and leave us here to die. Yeah, exactly. I just That's think for storytelling. So like, it doesn't make sense. What, what but good is the use of currency anyway? Did that go to finance that? Like, what? Why? Yeah, the yeah. They said the billions. The billions was to pay people to like make the boats and stuff. Yeah, but, but it's, wouldn't it have taken years? So did you start it? Did you pay no, that off? Really? It, it, it just did, doesn't make like, any those sense. Those no, no, take the, for the, fucking ever to build. No, it it does. It takes years because the movie starts in like two thousand and eight. Oh, yeah. that's right. Right, and, but that's and not right. only that, but then there's like this weird little like kind of low key racist thing where they're like only the Chinese could have done this in the amount of yeah. time they had. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh wow, yeah, right. Uh. Uh, it's such a confusing I, movie. Well, I love too that they skim over the Nepal uh, stuff, you know, with like the Dalai Lama or the uh, you know all of that stuff. But. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not the Dalai the, Lama. He's, he's just a, he's just a Lama. That's just like a Tibetan monk. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah gotcha. But it okay, been... I will say. Oh, go ahead. Now you. I was just gonna say I think that the two characters who were most at peace in this movie 
are the llama who like rings the bell as the tidal wave overtakes yeah, them, yeah. and Woody, who uh, like was right about everything. So there's like this secret kind of like this esoteric hidden knowledge or this like enlightenment. And the only two characters who like are at peace with the destruction of the earth are enlightened in different ways. And I think that's a really kind of Emmerich kind of thing where it's like, yeah, Woody is like, or Art Bell is like right about everything. And like, he's at peace with his death. Like he's just like going to be like, yeah, I'm going to stand here while the volcano engulfs me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that point sounded <laughs> smarter in my head. I guess not. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I think it's an interesting no, no, I'm, point. I'm, I'm still kidding. thinking I'm about kidding. it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm totally kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, Evan, can you cut that out? Actually? Anyway, so, um, <laughs> like, let's get back to what, what were you saying? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, this movie is is two and a half hours too long. Um, yes just in general which is something that emery yep. just seems to love to do which i get it because he wants to like what what he loves to do is is, is it to make long boring movies yeah mm-hmm. he, it's like he's you know he's scraping a butter over too much bread sort of thing at this point and like i yeah i i can i can personally appreciate like you know the the the, the storytelling aspect of it and him you know wanting to you know, give a vision of all sides sort of thing. But at the end of the day, it's just like you get like an hour and a half in. You're like, fuck, there's another hour of this. It's just exhausting. There's another hour of them running from disasters. Yeah. In an RV mm-hmm. that could never keep like abreast of that or a small plane that would have been caught. Like the physics are questionable in a way that, again, it feels like a theme park, right? Like, yeah. I feel like everything that's going on on Earth, not to be scientific and shit, but wouldn't that impact like weather patterns and like the pressure in the air? Well, yeah, the the, the magnetic pole moves to Wisconsin. (laughs) Yeah, the North Pole, rather. The the South South Pole. Pole. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's actually the South Pole. They're going to be on those ships for a while. A movie about 2012, but I mean, come on. Do better. Okay. You guys know what uh, this movie is? Except, or there's a basically a remake of this movie, but it's way better. It's San called... Andreas with the Rock. No, Greenland. Uh, oh yeah, but, fuck yeah. Oh, you have told you me guys about seen this that? One. No, that's the yeah, Jerry Butts yeah, one, right? With no. Jerry Butts. I, yeah, I've been. I don't really it. like disaster movies. I really like that. It's like a all grounded. It's just from him and his wife's perspective, and it's uh, yeah. as they're trying to process like. I think it's asteroids in that one, if I remember right. Uh, hmm. But no, there's the whole same shit where the government planned for it, uh, yada yada. But it's it's a lot better because it's like personal and kind of has like a low key touch to it. They're special effects, but they aren't you know the whole fucking world falling apart. It's like an asteroid hitting a highway and some explosions. Mm. Uh, hmm. It is really good you should watch it you know me i love me some jerry but it's dude, true it's actually really good and i think they're making a sequel to it as well that i would be curious to watch that because what i was most interested in in the ideas of this movie were the politics of how they built these things and what will happen next and like i think you could write a much more interesting story out of how they build it uh, and everything. And you could make this like a TV show. Uh, and I would probably like it more because we'd have more time with the characters. 
the world is interesting enough, especially when you get them all on the ships. And then you have this weird post-apocalyptic, you know, how are people going to function in this new world? Like, I'm always more interested in that and what comes after. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Have any of you guys read any of the Red Mars books? No. No. I read, like, part of Red Mars. It's kind of a similar idea, except it's Mars instead of the planet floods. But it's about how humans well, it's, it's always... It's about terraforming, though, right? Yes and no. It's more about human civilization and how we come together and how we always come into tension and how we resolve those things no no for sure but i mean like the core plot there isn't that mars is like falling apart it's that it was being terraformed well it's more that uh there's like new civilization that comes out of people who've lived on mars for generations versus people who come to try to exploit it but yes the terraforming is a background part of that yeah Um, yeah. i just mean instead of this that's like mars isn't exploding in this one it's actively being like habitated mm mm-hmm but uh, it has a similar vibe to it. Sure. Uh, anyways, we got off track. Um, but that would be interesting for a TV show. I mean, they were going to turn this uh, movie. They were going to do like a, you know, sequel TV show or whatever, um, which would have honestly would be interesting because like how do uh, how do humans bounce back from such destruction as this? How do we create infrastructure over this sort of stuff? And. Like, where do these boats go? Like, where are they going to mm-hmm. I mean, decide I, I to think base... land and, you know, I don't know, repopulate and all that shit? It's it's an interesting concept. I think, yeah, like, what type of story arcs yeah, would yeah. Um, happen? No, but I, but I think based think? on what Emmerich is saying yeah. in the movie, uh, it feels to me like it would be a continuation. There's this kind of, like, fatalism where, like, sure, Chiwetel Ejiofor uh, convinces them to let, like, the refugees on. But again... These are arcs populated with nothing but politicians, uh, technocrats, and the rich. Like, I'm pretty sure the society that they create is going to suck ass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what felt, that's why the movie felt but kind of But that's what too, I think though. is going to be interesting about it. Sorry, uh, Jason, oh, no. but I just wanted to respond before I forgot it. Um, in this society, there are no, like, worker bees. It's all people who think they're better than everyone else. Yeah. So seeing no them... Work. Have to like come up with a new hierarchy, I think would be really interesting. Like, yes, the society would suck, but it would probably suck in a unique way. Like, who's low on the totem pole? I'll give you that. Who has to clean the toilets, you know? Yes, Uh, because you know, people are shitting up those bathrooms. Who's making the food for everybody? Yeah, they only made enough bathrooms probably for you know, uh, half the amount of people that they let on. Or even mm-hmm. a fraction or, or less. Yeah. Because Ch- like Chiwetel rolls into his room and he's like, You can fit 12 people he in picks here. Picks up like the silver goblet. Yeah. And he's so mad. But like rightfully so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rightfully so. <laughs> Dude, that those bathrooms. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Like, where does that go? They have to have proper, you know, the, the system to oh, flush no, it I away. Mean, they're they're, they're doing straight to the water. I, yeah. I think no, well, on they, normal boats, they just dump that shit out. I think so. No, but they, they insulate. It's, there's a. There's a, a deep process of insulation. But, like, I'm let's sure. be real. This is, like, they're going to have to do that <laughs> thing where the Japanese, pipes. like, lab turned the poop into, a, like, a steak. They're going to have <laughs> to do that on the arcs, yeah. dude. Yeah. They yeah, I mean, again. 
you're going to need to recycle a ton of shit because there's That's not going to be saying. much food. Literally. People are going to be eating those giraffes and elephants before you know it. Oh, I mean, that's yeah. what... No, but that's like kind of the way that I felt like the movie was kind of empty was it didn't... It felt so hopeful where it was like you're working towards something. Like it didn't focus on the mass scale or like communications going offline or people like looting stores or like just quick like on the ground things happening of like man that would be terrifying like what would you do like what are people doing in their homes trying to protect themselves from these like way you know like i mean i'm pretty sure you just die yeah that was the implication (laughs) no but like but i mean at least like it 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 would have shown the actual impact of these things versus like waves slamming against buildings and like being more grounded to something well we saw a lot of people dying in the action sequences we just didn't see them close up i have a question do you think if you're in a boat that's already out on the ocean and then there's a bunch of tsunamis everywhere do you think that you'd have a better chance of surviving like say you're shipping shit from uh china to america we saw what happens the 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 wave from chesapeake bay like picked up the fucking uh aircraft carrier and smashed the white house like no dude yes but i'm saying that's close to the shore if you're like in the middle of the ocean no the the uh, cruise liner was in the middle of the ocean the one in off the coast of japan yeah i think it was the florida keys but that's what i'm saying no the the arcs are built specifically to like withstand the waves like that's the whole point Mm -hmm. that makes that makes sense but also don't fake me out with fucking spaceships and turn them into goddamn boats. I was so mad. I was so fucking stupid. And I mean, then, where are the spaceships going to go? It's I don't not like care. Another Give planet. me spaceships, dude. It's just cooler. But also that scene where, where he's like, oh, there's something 29,000 feet in front of us. And he's like, what's at 29,000 feet? And I was literally oh screaming God. at the TV. It's Everest. It's Everest. You're so dumb. Dude, yeah, I was, was so, so fucking mad. Like, I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was, like, Emmerich's best since Independence Day. It was really, really dumb, but it was fun. Yeah, uh, but actually, that yeah. scene had Poop me limousine. rolling my eyes. Oh, yeah. Or what about the scene where the statue of the Redeemer crumbles and you just hear people <laughs> screaming, like, off, off, like, off screen? <laughs> oh. God. Yeah. What are the chances that this could happen? Well, the Mayan calendar uh, cycle has already ended and a new one started and we're still here. So none. (laughs) (laughs) Asked and answered. I feel like that's been so disproven too, where like even Mayan scholars are like, this doesn't mean anything. And I've studied it and I'm the kind of expert. And then, you know, you have like the Woody Harrelson type people who are like, no, no, it ends specifically on this day, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, but like they knew Art Bell so much more than I did. Art Bell yeah. is like was like the most credulous man alive. There was no theory story or like weird happenstance that he heard about that he wasn't like fully on board for. Yeah, that's what makes George Nori kind of interesting because he kind of the replacement coast to coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's kind mm-hmm. of he kind of has a. He's more balanced and fair, kind of like Fox News, you know? <laughs> um, Gotta give him props well, for the you wanna... dedication. But yeah, you, you guys want to save face? Is that where you're going, Jason, by the way? Yeah. Okay, good. Whew.
Who wants to start? Well, uh, you know, honestly, I'm down to start. Okay, good. Um, I'm down to start a conversation of why Woody Harrelson isn't the most lauded like actor of our time, because he's just the best. Yeah, dude. I feel like uh, <laughs> well, anything. Do you remember when he was on Saturday Night Live like three weeks ago, and he railed against vaccines in his monologue? Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's oh, a, he's a no. kook. That's why he's perfect for this role. He yeah, is a kook. I love Woody well, Harrelson. That's what I was gonna say. I mean, he, but he's a kook. It, it, yes. Well, I mean, that's what makes this character work. Is I think he did it pro bono. He was out camping <laughs> in Yellowstone, and they said <laughs> they pulled up. John Cusack, you know, pulled up. It was kind of they reached out about something. Yeah, they're probably buddies. Uh, apparently, he's a big high fidelity fan. <laughs> um, so it really, he just had to fly, you know, to LA for some pickups for when the atomic blast goes off of the super volcano. But I feel like just, he's so zany and weird. And it was cool seeing John Cusack and him opposite each other, which granted and spoilers, obviously, but he's not in a bulk of the movie, but he was just kind of fun. Yeah. Like there was something about Woody Harrelson that just like is so funny. Everything that he says and every look that he gives He's like so on board and I think that he's he's not as well regarded with like how good of a comedic actor he is. Yes. Like with mm-hmm. Kingpin, like there's just so many examples God, of like Kingpin. He really goes he's such a great actor. Have any of you guys seen Champions? No. No. No, I haven't seen that yet. That's the the new uh, Fairly movie, the single yeah, singular one. I'm curious about it. I've heard mixed to good things, but uh the Fairley brothers, for all their flaws, have always been good about uh, like representation and actually having like people with Downs play Downs characters and stuff. Oof. And uh, what does that I have to think, do with Woody? Uh, he's the coach he's the of coach. the Special Olympics team. Oh, um, so it's like one of those Mighty Ducks style things where I think he, I think it's actually literally the Mighty Ducks thing where he was driving drunk. And then for community mm. service, he has to t- like coach the team. Um, Man, I but, that's how it happened. And then he yeah. learns a lot about himself in the process. Yeah, yeah. it looks fun. Um, it does look fun. Like it actually looks funny. Like the the trailer has like the humor looks dry. Like it looks really really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I don't know the Farrelly's also just kind of. Uh they're very 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 hidden mess. Yeah, it's either one or the other. Woody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was my choice. Did anyone else choose Woody or my? Oh yeah, uh, no, I definitely. Do I chose, stand alone? I definitely chose Woody. Nah, and, like, Woody's for, my boy too. For like a lot of the same oh. reasons as you, Jay. But also, I think like there he there's like this kind of crazy aura that Woody can affect. Like he's he just opens his eyes real wide and he starts laughing a lot. Uh-huh. Like he really mm-hmm. owns it. Or like Cusack rolls into his trailer and he he's like pickle and he tries to hand him like the biggest pickle i've ever seen in my fucking life it's so good like, yeah dude. it looks like yeah. it looks like a small baseball bat it's the, such a fucking huge pickle and he's just like holding it in his hand and that's what yeah. i mean it's like those little weird zany moments that like make woody so enjoyable in this movie yeah and he's he was also rolling kind of gave him uh kind of room to just improvise and do weird shit i mean like you know there was a script to follow but for certain things he gets to just like kind of like uh, in the behind the scenes, there is a moment where uh, Roland and Woody are watching, you know, like the dailies or uh, what they caught of Woody. And it's obviously like lines that Woody's saying that are not in the movie at all. It's just him kind of riffing, maybe like quoting philosophers for certain things like he's 
you know, having fun with playing the character of like speaking into his microphone to like, you know, for the radio broadcast and stuff. And they're both just cracking up at the ridiculous shit that Woody's just like pulling out of his head because he's just having fun. And it's like obvious that like Woody was having fun making playing this character and being this character. And it's it's just Mm -hmm. convincing enough. You know, and especially like he's, him opposite John Cusack, whose character is more of like a curmudgeon. Just the energies somehow yeah. work in that scene. It's funny to see these two opposite sort of people like John Cusack's more, more sarcastic about all everything and all that shit. While Woody takes it seriously. And it's I don't know. It's it was a fun it's that's a fun scene in particular. Yeah. And I just love Woody like hanging out watching the explosion and like he knows he's gonna die but he's just he's so cool with it and thinks it's so beautiful beautiful. yeah yeah god i mean that's cgi (laughs) but oh sorry what were you gonna say did you also choose woody then evan no i was going to go i mean like woody of course i love and john cusack of course i love and chuatella g4 of course but i wanted to give a shout out you always do a dirty you gotta do you gotta pick five every time <laughs> I, well no i'm saying that's who would i you know one of those i might pick would. but i like to yeah. shout out uh at least i hope i'm saying this correctly is latko burek who plays the guy yuri and maybe i'm being a little biased because i also watched um, the triangle of sadness yesterday and he's in that mm-hmm. as that fucking like mm-hmm. russian oligarch analog <laughs> character and yeah. he's just the so capitalist. fucking hilarious and good in that movie yeah. but in this too he's he plays the perfect scumbag like russian dad who leaves his son at the fighting ring to save himself and then mm-hmm. eventually his wife comes along and like the way I don't know, it's just it's all Wait, great. Just I don't as think much that's as, his literal son. That's just like a boxer yeah. he's mentoring. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the two kids yeah. are his only sons. You're right. But you know he yeah, kind of treats them like he's I think a son. Like I was of ACDC. You know. One of them were. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Actually, <laughs> one of them was mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I just I I I thought his his performance was just fun playing like that you know Russian billionaire douchebag. Um, who like you kind of get along with for a second at certain points and then he just is like and then you 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 know see and you realize the his true intentions which is like ah fuck you guys i would leave you here if i could so can't trust a russian can't trust a russian i mean except for his, his wife she um seemed to be pretty cool she went along with everything well but, she's more like a victim she's like hey, yeah. you know, had to get a boob job because he wanted it like yeah the she's, trophy wife she's a, sort of more thing sympathetic. loved sasha yeah that was obvious <laughs> mm-hmm. but anyway so I, I wanted to give him a shout because i thought he was fun just just a fun weird character but uh, the actor oh, does yeah. a really good job hell yeah it also rules that like how he dies he just like throws his <laughs> <Yeah>. son up <laughs> and yeah, then cgi falls. just falling <laughs> yeah <laughs> Crack I so there's so many it was pretty fu- funny like, stupid moments like that like the scene where uh, the one scientist looks over and sees the queen with the corgis, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> that's so." Funny. And the implication to me was that the queen had paid uh, a billion euro for each corgi, which that I definitely chuckled at that one. Yeah, yep, that checks yeah, out. Course. All right, uh, do we have any? Yeah, final thoughts. Uh, is it over yet? Can we stop? I'm so done to get off the Amber train. <laughs> <laughs> we I, have uh, like seven more there. to go dude we we uh, have so we have anonymous we get a shakespeare which is coming yeah. up next i i have to say guys i watched that yesterday 
Oof. Is it bad? <laughs> I'm just going to say I'm just Wait, spoilers. Okay. Spoilers. You know, it's 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 better. <laughs> it was a respite from these disaster movies. I'll tell you this. And it's um, it's it's another fun conspiracy movie that inadvertently jerks William Shakespeare off left and right. Like without <laughs> their intention is that he wasn't the original author of his works. And yet mm-hmm. they really like for any audience member going like, I know this is bullshit. I'm just watching this for funsies. Like like it's like, oh, yeah, William Shakespeare's work is fucking great. <laughs> it's I don't know. It's OK, but there is cannot wait to. Get your guys' opinion on it. Uh, it has pre-fame Mark Rylance and Vicky Crepes. Dude, so yeah. that'll be interesting. Well, do you think do you think we should speak in Elizabethan um, Elizabeth English? <laughs> we in should do it all in iambic uh, Pan- pentameter. pentameter. Yeah, we should. Right? <laughs> that sounds good, right? And yeah. so <laughs> let's commit to this now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that sounds lame. Yeah. It, I will say, you know, it's 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 an again, it's a nice respite from the disaster movies. Um, but it's a Roland Emmerich film, so like, you know, don't expect too much. No, you might be you might be pleasantly surprised. Well, can't wait to watch it now. <laughs> Thanks. Evan. You yeah. might be pleasantly surprised. Uh, but yeah, that's right. what we're doing next, everybody. Anonymous. It's on Hulu. So See if, you then. Need to, if you need to catch it, that's where it is. It won't be anonymous. It will be located at your nearest podcast dealer. <laughs> All right. It will not be televised. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Vulgar Auteurs podcast with Paco, Terry, Evan, and me, Jason. Vulgar Auteurs is produced, engineered, and mixed by Evan. Art design is by Matthew Roland Ferris, who you can find on Instagram at pestopasta44. All vulgar music is by Evan. And the best way to support the show is to tell your friends and follow us on Twitter at AuteursVulgar and Instagram at Vulgar Auteurs Podcast. Feel free to email us at vulgarauteurs at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Wozers. Dang.